When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the first Pit Lane Parlay episode of 2021. I hope everybody had a safe and happy holiday season and New Year. Friends, how are we doing? How was your holiday? Did you get any racing-themed gifts? I I didn't get any racing gifts, actually, no. Yeah, me uh, I don't think I did. Uh, isn't that bad? Is that bad for like us as a show? Nah. nah. I did, before we dive into everything, find a box from the post office that I hadn't opened in two years. I know, shocking for me, something with, to do with the post office that was sitting in my office that was a really cool painting of Scott Brayton on his pole winning run at Indy in 96. So... It's kind of like a gift. I ordered it almost two years ago, though, so whoops. I mean, that's not shocking for you. Like, honestly, though, like, with the way you uh, ship things, um, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that you also don't open them. So what else are you going to find in your house? Oh, I'm sure there's a few more boxes in, in, in the closet if I, like, actually put the fourth time to looking into it but that was once was enough for me you know maybe we'll look again in the spring you know i don't want to overexert myself fair so i guess we should start with in the last couple weeks we have unfortunately lost mario's twin brother aldo andretti john paul jr and pat patrick so i will just say that i hope all of their families are Holding up well, I know Mario wrote something really touching uh, that got published on one of the news sites. I don't remember exactly where. And Pat Patrick was an absolute legend as an owner. John Paul was a great race car driver. So thoughts go out to all of their families. Yeah, Pat Patrick actually gave me my first job in racing. So it was very sad to see that. And yeah, John Paul, obviously he had he had his issues but as far as racing goes, he, he was definitely a, a good driver and he will be sorely missed. And Aldo, that one just broke my heart because I I feel like, you know, the Andretti's are just kind of the world's family. Um, so it was it was very sad to see all of those things. And hopefully everybody is doing OK with it. Yeah, it's uh, tough news uh, to start the new year. Uh, I think Aldo's was right before the New Year hit, but uh, tough news all around. So just hope everybody's doing well during these difficult times. Yeah, I didn't actually read too much that 
many had written about Aldo until after he passed. And there's some really good articles out out there about his beginnings in racing when when him and Mario moved to Nazareth. So if you haven't read those, check those out. But I guess we'll jump into some news. We've got some news and fan questions and plenty, I'm sure, to pitfall. Even some stuff that has come out like right before we hit the record button that I'm sure one of us will get to. So first off, Santino Ferrucci is doing 20 Xfinity Series NASCAR races with Sam Hunt Racing, which is a Toyota shop. So we don't yet know if that closes the door on his IndyCar season. Despite Jess asking me over the weekend to figure out what 20 races he was doing, I have been unable to figure out said information. So, Dang it. You failed me. No. I guess, you know, never say never. There's, if, I don't know. I, I know he said he's focusing on the 1.5 mile ovals. So, guys, what are your what are your thoughts on Santino? And and this kind of bleeds into our fan question, which I'll bring up next. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's an interesting move. I mean, we saw it coming a little bit. The team he's driving for, I don't have a whole lot of faith in. So, unfortunately, I think. Santino and this new venture is going to be a little bit behind the eight ball. So we'll see if he can uh, find some success with this relatively new team, but I am less than optimistic. So I'm I'm curious to see how this is going to pan out because from face value, it doesn't look super promising at the start here. I'm, I'm going to be a little more positive. I think Um, I, I think he's, got what he wanted to start. Uh, he he didn't necessarily want to race everything. He wanted to dip his toes in and uh, start learning. So I, I think that, you know, given the situation, maybe, yeah, he's, he's probably not going to be up there fighting for wins every weekend or whatever. But I think it's a good place to uh, start learning his craft. Fair. My biggest concern would be Sam Hunt Racing is not known to be a powerhouse in the Xfinity series. Toyota doesn't really throw a lot of support behind them from what I've been able to understand. Thanks to race reviews, Eric Smith, who kind of filled me in on, on that. So I don't know how much you're going to learn running around in, in the back of the field, but I, I do hope he, you know, he's happy and he, and he you know, succeeds. I, I don't wish ill will on him. So on that note, we're going to throw in a fan question here and set up at the end of the episode. Uh, Danny Vaughn wants to know, do we see Santino's IndyCar career over? Do we think he'll be kind of like just driving anything he can kind of, I don't know, I guess maybe like a crossover extraordinaire driver. What do, what do we see Santino's kind of a next, how, how do we see Santino's next few years playing out? I definitely feel like he's going to try to do as much crossover as he can. Um, Obviously he tested or is going to test a, uh, what is it? Uh, The super late model. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. The super late model. And then he's running chili bowl this week. Um, So I think he's just kind of trying his hand at a lot of different things and seeing, uh, you know, where he can make the the most impact with his career. So I definitely don't think his IndyCar career is completely over. 
Um, will he be full time? Maybe not. Um, but I definitely would like to see him back in the 500 and, and maybe some other races too, just uh, to keep his open wheel going. Yeah, I think it's a, uh, it's a little weird. It's kind of just came out of nowhere the last month or two that his seat was in jeopardy. So, uh, as far as his IndyCar future, I don't, I think we can never say never, you never know. Um, something could come up or maybe he dazzles an Xfinity and gives it a year or two and decides maybe it's not for him and wants to come back to IndyCar and someone gives him a shot again. I don't know, but I'd say never say never. Uh, I agree with Jess. It'd be nice to see about that 500, but as far as the next year or two, it's looking a little, looking a little thin as far as his chances of doing more than two or three races per season. Yeah. If if he's only doing the 1.5 miles this year, that would free up his, Memorial Day weekend for the 500. I don't know about the preceding weekend for qualifying off the top of my head with the NASCAR schedule, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I think he might dabble in IndyCar here and there. Obviously, never say never. I think those who are comparing it to Sam Hornish, whose career went down the drain after he switched to NASCAR, is a little premature considering he hasn't yet raced in NASCAR. We don't know how it's going to play out and their career paths in IndyCar were wildly different because Hornish was a champion. And as much as we like Santino, he wasn't a champion. So I, I guess we'll see. Do you guys know there was another schedule change? This is going <laughs> to, this is going to get real old. Hopefully Jess hasn't put a time off request in yet. <laughs> I did. Uh, continuing on the 2020 theme. So yeah, St. Petersburg for those who missed it has unfortunately already been postponed. The race is scheduled for early March. Now it is going to slot into the second race of the year behind Barber. For those who missed it prior to that, Long Beach has also already moved to the finale spot from its April position. So uh, IndyCar season uh, is now uh, going to start in April instead of March. So I don't know if we have any reactions to that other than the usual bomber but not surprised. What do you guys think? So, yeah, we're on Schedule 3.0 now. Last year, we had six schedules by the end of the year, and I think we are definitely on pace to potentially pass that, and we'll touch on that later in the episode in the fan questions, but it's good for the guys who are still trying to shore up funding because it pretty much gives them an extra five weeks in their off season to come up with a plan. If this means we get all, what is it, 17 races in by pushing it back a month, sure, I'm all for it. I'll I'll pretty much take what I can get. It's a little scary that the season is more condensed now, and that's a lot of races in a short period of time to kind of start the year, especially I know there's some unannounced tests in between uh, the handful of races in early or mid-April and, and early May, so... It's a lot for the teams, and you know when they get tired, mistakes happen on pit lane, things like that. But I'm happy that right now things look relatively stable, and and you know I'm not at the airport about to head down to Florida when this change is made. Yet you're not at the airport yet. Okay, good point. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely not a shocker, um, and they're. Exciting that they're trying to get more fans to be able to go. Um, so while I don't know if that is 
going to happen. It's a good thought. And I actually, I do kind of like that they got rid of that really long stretch between St. Pete and whatever the next race was. I guess it would be Barber. So I'm glad that they have gotten rid of that long stretch. But yeah, I, I had turned in a PTO request for most of the year. And uh, after this second change, I just walked into my boss's office and scribbled everything out except for the days in May that I had requested. So uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But um, hopefully this helps get more fans in the seats. Yeah, um, that was my point exactly, Jess, was uh, I think one of the biggest mistakes a scheduler can make is to schedule the first race and then leave a month's gap between the first race and the second race. I don't like it. I think it kills any chance for momentum for a casual fan uh, watching that first race. If it's like a barn burner, you know, they check the schedules like next race is not a month. By the time that race comes around, they may have forgotten or lost interest or whatever. So I think that's uh, really stupid on the schedules part. So the fact that that no longer exists, even though these circumstances aren't the best, I think is good for the series. So uh, I, I don't mind waiting, you know, a couple. I mean, what's the difference between watching a race in March and then waiting a month anyways? It, it really doesn't make a difference to me. So uh, hopefully it doesn't interfere with people's plans too much. But I think as a whole, there's this might honestly be better for the series overall. Yeah, so let's see here. We'll jump into the IndyCar chassis and uh, engine update. Wow, words are becoming a little bit hard as we start 2021 here. So the new engine, as previously announced, will be rolling out in 2023, which I think was just a one-year delay, if I'm not mistaken, from 2022. But the new chassis will start in 2024 so teams have a year to get the engine and and work out its kinks before the new chassis comes on board obviously this is partially due to cost saving measures and and you know trying to get everything for the indycar future in order in the in the best way possible so what do you guys think about this new plan that jay fry outlined a couple days before the new year yeah, I, I guess it comes back to NJ Fry we trust, just trusting the process, trusting what their team is doing. And uh, I think at this point they've earned the trust of teens and whatnot to have their best interests at heart. So, uh, yeah, I know it's kind of a ways away. I'm really excited for these new engines. I hope they sound awesome, but we got a long time to think about it. So hopefully everything works out smooth for the teams. Can't say I'm not disappointed a little bit by it getting pushed back, but I'm also glad that they are pushing it back because with the whole COVID situation and everything that has happened in the past year, roughly, give or take, it's been really hard on not just teams, but, you know, the people on the teams and also sponsors and the people that work for the sponsors and and basically anybody who has been kind of around racing, it's been hard financially. So I, I think it's a good idea to push it back because I think that in the long run, um, financially, it's a better uh, better choice for the teams because I would hate to see them have to uh, – 
to stretch themselves thin to buy new chassis or to get new engines. So I, I think it's, I think it's for the best, even though it is kind of disappointing. Yeah, obviously it's disappointing because we want to see the the new chassis and, and everything and how the aero screen integrates in with it. But I mean, whatever we can do to ease the financial burden on teams and whatnot, which is probably a, a not cheap ad- adventure at all in the next cu- couple of years. So I will, like Matt said, in Fry, we trust and just hope for the best kind of at this point, because I think that's all we can do. Did you all know that Head Carpenter Racing is going to stay the same? Like, nothing changed. I thought this was a a Danica fact. (laughs) I really did, too. I really 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 was going to just, uh, yeah, but then no, nothing changed, guys. It's it's kind of a a boring announcement. We kind of expected it. Um, But, yeah, they're staying the same. Uh, Connor is going to be there for the road courses ed's going to be there for the ovals and then we have renus so yeah like it's going to be 2022.0 or something i don't Ugh. i don't know what do you want to call it Ugh, not that that's fair okay as shocking as they're not being an indycar open test this year which um was a surprise to nobody except for mike right no, no, no. Oh, okay. I just saw a window to try to get people to think you're foolish for a second, and I just took that opportunity. Oh, I mean, there's plenty of reasons for that. They don't need he doesn't need to come up with more. He's trying to get you to throw yourself under the bus, is what yeah, he's trying to do. I tried. It work. He saw right through it, but I tried really hard. I appreciate your effort because honestly, for a second there, you 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 threw me off my game, and I I really had no idea where you were going with that one. So he's like, "Wait, maybe I did think there was one." <laughs> right. All right, let's uh, roll into some fan questions here. Asher's racing. Looking forward to some great YouTube content from them uh, this year. So, uh, for those who don't know, uh, definitely give them a follow. Wants to know. Uh, the rundown of our rookie class for 2021 at this present moment. Uh, right now we got Scott McLaughlin, Jimmy Johnson, and how many races did Pietro start in 18? Was it four or six? I think he started more than the minimum Okay. or maximum. I'll, I'll look it up. Okay, so we might have Pietro coming, which will also answer maybe another question here in a little bit. No, he did he did six races. So, okay, he's so not, not Pietro. Alright, so right now McLaughlin, JJ, and insert random rookie here. So I guess the question for you guys to kind of piggyback off that is first expectations for McLaughlin and JJ and second, take a stab at insert random rookie here that might get a chance at five or more races this year that isn't signed. I feel like and again we'll probably touch on this in the next question. This is the TBA slot at Dell Coin Racing could always be filled by some F2 guy that we're not expecting at the last minute, aka kind of like Alex Pillow late in the offseason last year, and Sergio Sete Camaro when he came over here for the the open test or whatever he did before the season started. So you never know. There's there's probably a bunch of guys overseas right now that are trying to shore up their plans for F2 or F3 and and just 
it doesn't work out and they come here instead. So McLaughlin versus Jimmy Johnson is the strangest rookie class comparison I think I've ever looked at on paper. You'd assume Scott McLaughlin would win because he's doing the full season, but you never know. Weirder things have happened. Jimmy Johnson, it's not like Jimmy Johnson is like a nobody. So I'm, I don't want to say one is going to do better than the other. You'd assume McLaughlin because he's younger and that's all I really have to go off of. I got, I really have no good reason on that one. <laughs> I got no, I, I thought I had something good going there and I, it, it, it hit a wall. Well, okay, so let's not uh, let's not just focus on age. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with McLaughlin who's gonna do better just because he's got a race under his belt now, um, and he also I think is going to have the better car. Um, I, it's like that you know Penske and Ganassi are so close all the time but I feel like Penske is gonna come out the gate better this year um so I I feel like he's gonna do slightly better um and and Jimmy Johnson I mean got for both of them honestly it's such a big change from what they have been used to racing um I, I think they both have very steep learning curves ahead of them. But I think that Scott may adapt a little bit faster just from watching him at St. Pete, how quickly he adapted. It was actually very impressive. So I'm going to have to give Scott the upper hand out of the two of them. And as far as a random person coming over and possibly filling that TBA seat, like the possibilities are just absolutely endless. Um, like you said, it's, it's, I, I don't even, I don't even want to speculate, but I, I have a feeling that that TBA uh, car is probably going to make me go, who? First one of those in 2021. Yeah. I kind of agree with everything just said. Um, I don't think Johnson has a shot in heck at beat McLaughlin. Uh, but stranger things have happened. And then as far as the... Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America... This is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. 
There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the checkered flag. Latest addition to the rookie class. I'm going to change it up and go with Carlin, and I think we might see Felipe Nasser in five or so races uh, this season. So... Um, It'd be a nice addition to the field. I think he'd be a nice addition to the rookie class. And uh, I do think there's potential for some success there. And honestly, it'd be nice to have two Carlin cars again, just so we can get kind of like another measuring stick out there for Chilton, just to see if Chilton's last couple of years are really down to him or if it's, you know, kind of a team issue. Because I do, well, I do think Chilton's not been the best. Uh, comparing his results on road courses to Connor Daly's on ovals is a tad bit unfair to Max just because it's two different beasts. So it would be nice to get a kind of a second Carlin car out there just to kind of gauge where the team's at. I'm going to throw a name out there before we get to the next fan question. And this is just in a quick Wikipedia search. If we're looking for a random Carlin driver for the second seat who has Carlin ties and is young and might have some money would be Charles Malesi, who was over in Super Formula in Japan last year, also ran European Le Mans with Dragon Speed. So he's got some Carlin ties back in 2019. I don't think he really did anything last year. Doesn't look like he had any points. So maybe he's not so good, but maybe he's got lots of money. I'm just throwing out some sort of Carlin connection there. You're just making stuff up, right? That's the thing. <laughs> I, I honestly, I've unfortunately never heard of this driver, and I'm assuming they're very talented. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if he just kind of went to a random name generator and then just like did <laughs> random search and just like, yeah, it's this person. <laughs> I mean, he is racing in the 2021 Rolex 24 as well, so he will be in the states. Cool. That's all I got. That's literally, I'm, I'm, I'm. That would definitely make me say who. Yeah, yeah, that would, <laughs> and I'll give you credit. You're at least you're saying that now. Uh, as opposed to when he does sign with Carlin, and be like, "I knew it the whole time." <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something like if, that for the last. If he does minutes. sign with Carlin, I think that we owe you something because it's. Well, I, I take the fall for this all the time. I feel like Jess has to do something. Yeah, he's got a point. Fair. All right. Well, we'll figure something out if if it happens. Because yeah, I'm definitely going to be going. Who? And you're going to be like, I told you. <laughs> yeah, you know who. <laughs> my boy charles that's right your boy french guy all right so we've already touched on it but the next fan question comes from matt barnaby he wants to know who the next driver th- that tba is gonna be for uh dale coins so other than the randomness we just played with who do you guys think it could really be at this uh we'll call it a late late in the ball game 
date, but it's really not since the first race got moved. So I'm going to give a really boring answer here because I just went with like the super off the wall hot take for the last answer and go with our boy, Charlie Kimball. Coin doesn't have anybody confirmed, right? No. Oh, okay. So I guess I'll go with Fittipaldi? Yeah. Question mark? I think those are like the two. Yeah. I don't want to say they're like they're shoe-ins, but those are the two like easy money bets right now, I feel like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to start the year off with the, a bad prediction. I've had too many of those last year. Yeah. I am was planning on saying Fittipaldi also. I didn't even think about Kimball, though. That's like a really good point. So... That means... You just said you just said I made a really good no, point. No, just retract now. <laughs> uh, can I we can really, we rewind? <laughs> we, have, we, have to say, we've, we have to take a lot of lessons from 2020. And I think one of them is we gotta start this year off on the right foot. So complimenting Mike is not on our checklist. That's getting added to the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> Who only I can control, by the way, for those listening out there. And just the internet it. never forgets. <laughs> I'm going to figure out a way to mute it. <laughs> internet never forgets. Uh, all right. All right. Yeah, I am. No, I, um, I think, uh, I think Fittipaldi is, is probably like you said, kind of the shoe in at this point. Um, I, I wouldn't have even thought of Kimball and it, it's, I say it's nothing against him, but I mean, like it <laughs> kind of is. <laughs> kind of. Um, as soon as he's like it's all over. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, he's just had like a non, it's been so non-eventful for him lately that I didn't, it didn't even occur to me. Which I mean, I guess is better than previously that I would have only thought of him in a not very good way. So I guess that's, I'm trying to give it a positive spin here, okay? Uh, <laughs> uh, progress? Yeah, we'll, we'll call it progress. All right. Real quick, we'll do our third fan question. This one kind of came from a plethora of people, so shout out to Matt's mom and Cat Nickel and Reddit user whose name is not repeatable, so I'm not saying it on air. And do we expect any more schedule changes? And do we think that St. Pete being pushed back a month will help fan attendance? Yes, we're going to see more schedule changes. I am very sus on it helping attendance. Yeah, so 100% going to see more schedule changes. Like, it's not even a question in my mind. Um with everything going on in the world, uh, people talking more lockdowns, states still having different, uh, I guess, regulations on what can happen in their state or county or whatever, absolutely things are going to continue to change. Um, will it help fan attendance? Look, uh, Mike and I were there in October, um, the end of October for last year's race and honestly on race day there were a few areas that were a bit uncomfortable um because of the amount of people that were already there and it was what was it 20,000 or something Mike I honestly don't remember I can't remember I don't even know if I ever saw an actual number to be honest with you but then again October feels like it was like a year ago and it was like three months ago. So yeah, I, I, 
I feel like if they add many more people than that, it will become very uncomfortable with the way the world currently is. Um, I mean, that's only three months away, give or take a few days. Uh, I don't think I would be comfortable if they added a bunch more available tickets, I guess, so to say. Um, So I don't think it's going to help St. Pete. Uh, Maybe some of the other races uh, will get helped this year because of when they fall and vaccine and, like I said, different regulations in different states. But I I don't necessarily think that St. Pete will get a boost. Okay, well, I'll jump in. Let's see here. St. Pete won't change. At least I hope not. I think whatever their current, whatever their October number was, number was is fine for April. And I don't, I don't know. It's so tough to say. I mean, yes, I think there's definitely going to be at least one or two more schedule changes. There's so much changing in the world on God feels like a daily basis with COVID variations and whatnot. And I just, again, like we said earlier in the episode, I don't, I don't think we can rule anything out any day, even last minute this year. So unfortunately, I do see more schedule changes. Well, help fan attendance. That that is a, that's the million dollar question this year. I hope so. I definitely hope so. I I know that drivers want want fans back and really missed having the the fans there last year. So if if that's what it takes, I'm all for it. But uh, fingers crossed. All right, one last question from a fan. Uh, Mark Van Niekirk wants to know, which team with an expanded full-season lineup will struggle more, Penske or Ganassi? I'm going to go first because I actually already kind of answered this one previously. Um, So I don't know if I'm going to say that Ganassi is going to (laughs) struggle, but I think Penske is going to do better. Yeah, I think – I think McLaughlin is, like I've said in previous episodes, not the most worrisome driver at Penske going into the season. I think it's still Paginot. So I think hopefully I don't see Penske's expansion hurting the whole team. Uh, I think they'll kind of hit it in stride. So I think Ganassi's got a little bit to worry, but be worried about because their recent history with their four-car efforts has not been prime. So I definitely say Ganassi has a little bit more to lose going into this year for sure yeah the penske guys that were hired from the sports car program aren't necessarily all going to scott mclaughlin's car some you know the teams there's been some change so some are going to new gardens car some will be in mclaughlin's car some will be on powers car which kind of helps spread out the knowledge there for mechanics and engineers and whatnot so i don't think adding another car at penske really hurts them that much they did four cars for uh, for a while with Matt's hero hero Elio and and even though Matt didn't like him he was still top five and top seven in the championship standings most years so Ganassi I would say Ganassi is definitely the right answer there and we'll do team pit lane shout outs before we get to pitfalls I almost forgot these Shout out to George Butts. Shout out to Stephen King. And last but not least, shout out to Matt Grunholz. And now it's time for Pit Lane Parlay's Pitfalls of the Week. 
I'll go first. I, uh, I, I'm going to make mine kind of funny and short and sweet. So mine has been over a span of the last couple of weeks. It didn't happen all at one time. But, uh, but our boy, Paul Tracy, and specifically, Mike, that's your boy because he was your favorite. So your boy, Paul Tracy, is having Maybe. some moments on social media. Um, he is, for lack of a better way of putting it, he is letting his freak flag fly. Um, he has admitted to his foot fetish and particularly shoe fetish. He's had it large, large parties uh, multiple times. I think there's been three Christmas, his birthday, and a New Year's party all with tons of people um, of varying calibers of fame and not a single mask to be seen anywhere. Um, And he's got a lot of flack for that. And of course, he then kind of goes after those people when they give him flack. And then last but not least, he really has been like enjoying what's happening at Haas. He's posted a few things and when people kind of call him out for uh, basically liking Haas, given the current situation with Mazepin. Uh, he is kind of like, yep, not really my problem. You take it up with them. So it's been a real interesting week on or a couple of weeks on his Twitter account. It's It's been kind of entertaining to watch. Um, obviously, I, I'm not partaking in any of the comments either way, but I just think it's it's interesting. I feel like he's almost just saying stuff to get people fired up at this point. Yeah. I don't, I honestly, yeah. he's not my boy. He's not my boy. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> please don't lump me in with Paul Tracy. Please, please, please. Whatever. But... He's your boy if Danica's my girl. So. <laughs> Do people lump you in with Paul Tracy? Am I missing something? I didn't, I did not lump him in with Paul Tracy. No, I know. No, that was, that was, just, that was just a general plea <laughs> to those who have been listening. Please don't tag me <laughs> in. In case me anybody out there is trying to lump Mike and Paul Tracy together. Do not listen. People on social media are kind <laughs> of crazy. Because you were thinking about it. Yes. No. By what I meant by that was, PT is Mike's boy, like Danica is my girl. But yeah. he actually did like him growing up as a kid. So I was, I was like seven. You were a so kid. Yeah. Well, anyways, speaking of crazy people, uh, mine's Nikita Mazepin related. Believe it or not, he's going to be like our. He's already our twenty twenty one pitfall, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, for the record, I'm still on board with Mazepin not racing in Formula One. I think uh, the social media campaigns going on to bring awareness of the fact that him being in Formula One is not good for the sport, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh, lately, Mazepin came out with kind of some comments focusing forward, we'll say, on his 2021 season. And one of the comments he made was about his teammate Mick Schumacher, basically saying that because of Mick's last name, he's got a lot to live up to, which I agree with. He also has gotten some fortune from his last name, which I also agree with. And he layers went on to say basically that we're not friends and blah, blah, blah. He's just my teammate, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Nikita drew drew some flack for that. So again, totally on board with the fact that uh, Nikita has drastically messed up and should not be on that team. However, I 
100% don't agree with people getting on his back for these specific comments about Mick. I think they're totally justified. I think you have to have that kind of attitude in Formula One when it comes to trying to beat your team at whatever cost and also understanding that there's going to be a lot of friction with said teammate. I think the maybe the modern Formula One fan is used to kind of a signs Lando relationship, and that's not how Formula One is actually supposed to work. I think that kind of relationship is pretty rare. I, I'm more thinking of teammates like Prost and Senna who hated each other, Ralph Schumacher and Juan Montoya hated each other. Uh, that's kind of just going to happen. I mean, you can start out the season as friends, and you, you know, we could see something like Lando signs where you do just remain best friends the whole time, but. Most F1 partnerships are not like that at all. And so, again, Mazepin should not be on that team. However, him not liking Mick is not one of those things where I feel like people should get on his back about. Agreed. The only thing I'll add there is, I don't know if it was our boy Gunther Steiner or somebody else at Haas came out in the last week and said, Nikita really needs to get his act together. Otherwise, he's going to have problems in F1. Whose job is like, that? Where have you been for the last six years? <laughs> are you doing <laughs> like do you do you sleep under cans of rich energy like what he sleeps what on a throne is... of lies yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth it's like literally like you as the team principal can do something about it did you know that yeah maybe maybe, maybe you maybe you know what we'll save that for another day my pitfall is last and I guess the least exciting out of three of these. Uh, LeMond 24-hour winner Loic Duvall came out right before the new year and said, the only reason Formula E drivers speak positively about the series is because they are paid to compete in it. Maybe guys just like racing. And I'm not saying Formula E is like the end-all, be-all place for many race car drivers, but maybe guys just like to race, and if that's what they get, they're happy because they can race, and that's what they love to do. And you know, it's not just because they're paid. I'm sure, sure, some of these guys probably aren't getting paid too much. So I don't, I don't understand why he has to take such a strange and unnecessary dig about Formula E. There just seems kind of like un- another just unnecessary comment. Seems like there's a lot of those lately. Yeah. Guys, do we have anything else? No? All right. Well, that wraps up episode number one of 2021. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And Jess, go ahead and sign it off. And guys, keep your lug nuts tight. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. 
they were able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 